On today's episode, I give you an update on my current Run Smarter decisions. Welcome to the Run Smarter podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode or our last episode with Kira and talking about fasting and exercise. I found it extremely fascinating. Um, Today's episode was going to be my Q&A episode. Uh, You might have seen that I put on social media. Um, I'm doing another Q&A. Have any questions? There was a ton of questions flooding in, which is great. Um, I'll start filtering through those after this episode. But yesterday I had an idea or um, an epiphany that like when I was going to start recording these episodes, I wanted to start sharing my running journey and my experiences as well, because yes, I do get injured like everyone else. Um, Even though I know these principles and implement these principles, uh, I always say that injuries, you can't 100% prevent injuries. You can't get that prevention down to zero. You can reduce your risk of injuries. You can get it close, well, as close to zero as you can, but the real um, run smarter way, the real like injury prevention philosophy should be that once injuries or symptoms do arise, exactly what can you do to help like from day one to make sure that you overcome this injury quite quickly. And um, when I had the idea to start sharing my experiences, if I was injured or if I was managing an injury, I know in the past I've shared my foot issues, which hasn't come back, thank God. And I've shared other um, injuries that I have had in the past retrospectively doing an episode like with my proximal hamstring and my knee issues and um, yeah but like in real time me giving you updates is, is very difficult because I can either slap them into the intro at the start of other episodes and just to give you an update but then if I have something um, <laughs> it's only just a superficial kind of this is how I'm going okay let's go on with the interview and not really delving deep into what I'm actually doing. And <clears throat> the last couple of weeks, probably the last th- four weeks or so, I've really been struggling with injuries, several injuries actually, and um, it's not really one that I can fit into just a, an intro snippet to say, here's what I'm up to, these are the smart decisions I'm making, this is how I'm currently feeling, okay, let's get on with the interview. Um, so I had the idea, hey, why, why don't I do an entire episode and... <clears throat> keep you guys updated and yeah and then I'll do the Q&As later on I might split into two episodes I think after I record this I'll compile all the responses 
and see, um, filter down the ones that will make a really good episode and see if it's um, worth doing a two-parter or just a one-parter. I'll wait and see. Um, so, yeah, like, like I said, um, I'll, I'll continue keeping you guys informed or like at least sharing my experiences um, so you get to know more about me as well. Um, <clears throat> so, you might have heard on, other pod- on my other podcast just um, very briefly that I've started playing basketball again. And I've probably had about five or six years off playing basketball. I used to play quite competitively uh, about 10, eight, 10 years ago. Um, and just wanted to get back into it very casually, just have some fun with some friends. And I've been doing it for a couple of months now and thought it would be great for overall training just to provide some variety as well instead of just running, cycling and doing gym, which is the basis or a big foundation of what I do throughout the week. Um, it, there's change in direction. There's like short sprints. There's jumping, landing, throwing. So it's offering a different variety of my body, which I really want to do. And then you're also having fun. I love playing basketball and playing with mates. And for the first couple of weeks, I was taking it super easy. I was making the sensible decision. Brody, you haven't done it for a long time. You haven't done any sprints. You haven't done any like explosive kind of movements that mimic this basketball demand. So for the first couple of weeks, I really took it easy. I wasn't running for fast breaks. Um, I, I was just really backing off. And even with those back offs and those like little short sprints here and there, the next day, my hamstrings were quite sore, which was really good. Um, that My legs were getting this really healthy doms kind of soreness, which I loved. I'm like, thank God we're playing basketball, we're doing what we love, and we're actually getting stronger because of it. That's a really good sign. And so... Took it easy for a couple of weeks. And then it was probably about four weeks ago. It's hard for me to retrospectively type all this out and try and remember what happened day by day or week by week. But um, yeah, about four weeks ago, we had a really close game with um, a team and like the competitive side got the better of me. And I was doing harder sprints. I was like pretty much going back to the intensity that I would usually play um, throughout the whole game. I think we had five players, so I played the entire time. And yeah, and then I think maybe halfway into the game, I felt my hamstring kind of like ping, kind of like a nervy kind of sensation, just gripped, like the whole muscle gripped and higher up in the hamstring felt quite sore. So, you right there? What are you doing? My dog has decided to fluff up her bed and um, try and make it more comfortable for herself, but she's just being silly. Where was I? Where are my notes? So I was playing basketball, felt my hamstring ping, and then I, yeah, it, it was pretty annoying. It was like this muscle tightness. I, it wouldn't be a muscle tear. I kind of know what that would feel like, but it just felt like the nerve in my hamstring just said, that's enough, and decided just to really tighten up and um, sort of assessed myself, was just like jogging for the rest of the game, ended up playing for the rest of the game because I think we did have five players. But um, yeah, just really took it easy. You could feel it a little bit um, throughout the rest of the game. And then I decided just to damage control assess the next day. And so went home, went to bed, woke up. And the next morning it was really sore. It was it was kind of hard to bend, which I've had proximal hamstring tendinopathy in the past. This was um, a little bit of that, but something else was going on. Something was quite different. Um, the whole entire muscle was quite tight and just 
trying to bend forward, trying to do like a deadlift kind of action, trying to do a squat action. I had like maybe a quarter of my range before the hamstring just said that's enough and would be really tight. Um, so that was really interesting um, and disappointing at the same time. Uh, and yeah, so I just went into some what I can do for rehab, what I can do from day one. And so <clears throat> I think I took two days off uh, from the hamstring. I did some like upper body workouts and some core workouts um, in that time. But the first attempt back, like I think every single day, I was getting a little bit more range back in my, say, squat or bending forward kind of action. Um, I think day three, I went for my first bike ride and that was fine. Um, then I went back to a walk run, which would be somewhere along the lines of walking for about five minutes, running for about one minute or jogging for one minute, and then just doing that on and off for about 20 minutes. So not a lot, probably about three or four minutes of running in total. Just to see how my hamstring went during that first run back. Yes, I felt my hamstring like almost every step, especially in this, what we call late swing phase, like as soon as, like just before my foot would touch the ground in the running action, that's when I'd feel that tightness. But I made sure I had light shoes. I made sure that it was really slow pace. I made sure that during the run, that hamstring tightness wasn't getting worse. Um, if there was like a very slow buildup, I would stop. I'd walk for a couple of minutes. I'd start again and then see how that would go. If it'd go back to baseline and slowly creep up again if we'd go back to baseline slowly creep up again um, through those second third fourth one minute repeats if I were to run and it was getting worse and worse throughout the run I'd just call it quits and stop but um, it was it was annoying but it was probably like a two or three out of ten and so um, continued just with the walk run sort of efforts and yeah, I, I think it, it didn't get any worse. Assessed it the next day, didn't get any worse. Actually went for a run the next day and the hamstrings actually felt a bit better. So um, that's good permission to progress. And because it... Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. It was kind of this weird nervy hamstring kind of um, gripping. I decided to do some what we call um, nerve tensioners or ner nerve sliders, which is kind of like, um, how do I best describe? If you really want to look it up, you can YouTube like sciatic nerve tensioners and sciatic nerve sliders, but essentially... Um, Go, I sit with my leg out straight, um, maybe out on a chair, and I slouch in my back, bring my chin to my chest, bring my toes up, so I'm really putting a lot of tension on the sciatic nerve, and that really grips the hamstring. Um, it's still safe. It's not damaging anything, but it's because it's putting a lot of tension on that sciatic nerve, it really tends to, to irritate the, the tendon, or irritate the hamstring, I should say. Um, but then I put it on tension, take it off tension by pointing my toes down, put it on tension by pointing my toes up and just do that for a couple of minutes. And it's very irritating, but afterwards it feels like I have a lot more mobility and range of movement. So I'd do that before a run. I do it after a run just to make sure that, um, 
yeah, the nerves are kind of... It, I'm not entirely sure what it's doing, but um, research... Well, when I was studying physio, they said this is like releasing the nerve. It's helped increasing nerve mobility, and it feels really good for me. So decided to implement it anyway. Um, so that was a big part over the last couple of weeks, what I'd be implementing. And just day by day, things were getting better, and I started doing more continuous sort of running, assessing symptoms along the way. And as I was doing that, first I would reintroduce my strength training. So I'd implement my calf workouts pretty early on because calf workouts, doing my standing leg calf raises and my bent standing knee calf raises doesn't affect the hamstring too much. Um, Then I would progress if I'd start that very early on in the week. And then as my hamstring got better, I'd start doing say more hip work. Uh, So I do standing hip hikes or um, hip hitches with a weight. Uh, Then as my hamstring got better, start doing more quad work. So doing squats, doing lunges, which aren't which still worked the hamstring a little bit, um, but my hamstring was getting better, so I was implementing those. And then when my hamstring was feeling quite good, I'd start implementing deadlifts and single leg deadlifts with the light weight and then progressing with those weights. So I was still staying very active in the gym, still staying very active on the bike and slowly implementing my running as the week went on and as my hamstring felt better and better. So all in all, probably two days off um, of complete rest, did some core and upper body in that time, but leg-wise, um, about two days off. So the week rolled around and I was feeling quite good. So querying whether I should play basketball the next week, um, I decided to go to the um, basketball stadium, have a bit of a shoot around, try and mimic kind of the demands of what I was doing and everything felt fine. My short sprints were feeling fine, changing direction was feeling fine. Jumping, landing, taking off, all that sort of stuff was fine. Um, It's definitely not the same intensity as a basketball game, but what else can I do? Rather, it's uh, I could try um, my best to mimic it and see how it goes, and everything felt fine. I also, um, I think the day before, I was building up to about um, 8Ks. So when it got to continuous um, sort of running, I went for a continuous 4K, then a continuous 6K, then I did a continuous 8K, which I could still notice the hamstring, but it was definitely not getting worse. It probably stayed at a 1 the entire time. So the endurance was there. 8K was fine, um, and it was no worse afterwards. So it kind of gave myself a little bit of permission to start playing basketball again. And so, <clears throat> yes, game day turned up. I was going to do those nerve tensioners and nerve sliders. I was going to do some hamstring like preloading before the game. But I got stuck in traffic on the way there. It takes about half an hour for me to get to this basketball game. And it was literally like turn up, put on my shoes, jump on the court because I had no time um, because I was stuck in traffic. So no time to warm up. And then, yes, about halfway into the game, the hamstring pinged again. Couldn't believe it. Um, but this time I was a little bit more proactive. I, I was actually surprised the first time how much my hamstring seized up and how painful it was the next day. So, got home after this ping. I could tell during the game it wasn't as bad as the first time, but decided to put some ice on it. Like, it was very tender to touch through the glutes, like higher up, more higher than the the hamstring tendon, um, probably around the piriformis, somewhere around the glutes. This is really tender to touch. So, maybe there was some bursa or something going on or maybe some nerve irritation. I'm not too sure, but decided to put some ice on it. 
and <clears throat> decided to take some anti-inflams, which I rarely do. Um, so I decided to do that for that night and I think the next morning. And then I woke up feeling a lot better. There was still, yes, it was still irritated and sore and I was back to the same process of, okay, cycle. Yes, I'll cycle more than I usually do because that doesn't irritate it. I was doing more nerve sliders, so almost every two hours. Um, I was back to my walk runs. It <clears throat> definitely wasn't as bad as the first time it happened, but my return to run was <clears throat> ramped up quicker because I was feeling a lot better. But yeah, it was it was started like day one was starting back at square one, but then I realized it wasn't as bad and could give myself permission to progress through my walk runs um, a little bit quicker because it wasn't feeling as bad. But then uh, life threw me another curveball. And when I was probably up to running, <clears throat> I think about a 4K continuous, um, 4K continuous run, I was jogging across the road and noticed there was no cars, but noticed there was a, a cyclist entering the uh, intersection. And he was a, a while away, but decided I decided to speed up running across the road. And because I was avoiding this cyclist, I didn't follow the footpath that's a bit further in on the intersection, decided to go up on the curb um, and <clears throat> run across the grass and then back onto the path. So decided to run a little bit faster to cross the road to avoid this bike. Um, he was like, now that I'm telling the story, it was probably like 20 meters away. But anyway, ran a little bit faster, decided to look at this curb, plant my foot on this curb and continue along. But I planted my foot on the curb. My ankle rolled <laughs> very, like quite significantly. And I just felt, oh, here we go. Another injury. It was actually quite severe. Like I've rolled my ankle so many times playing basketball in the past. So I can usually gauge how severe it is. And because I was running a little bit faster, so I had to plant my foot on this curb and then it just rolled. Um, yeah, I could tell it was a bad one. My foot was actually numb. Like I tried to run on it for a little bit afterwards and my foot was really, really numb uh, for about 10, 15 seconds, which doesn't usually happen after I roll an ankle. So I could tell it was a bad one. Um, so I was about maybe a K and a half away from my house. I did a slow jog back, just assessing, assessing, see how things go. And it was sore for a couple of days. But if you've listened to my uh, podcast episode on rolled ankles. Uh, yes, ice can help. Like ice has helped me in the past. I decided not to really ice it, but the key point with returning from an ankle sprain is as soon as you're able to do it, uh, you probably should be doing it. So I cycled, walking was fine. I think maybe day one or day two, I tried another jog and jogging was fine. Like I wore a bit more supportive shoes, tightened up my shoelaces just a little bit tighter than what I usually do. Um, and I was okay. I was okay to push off. I was okay to run in a straight line. And um, if I were to, even if I do it now, if I roll my ankle in and roll my ankle outwards just in sitting, um, it's still sore. It's still a bit sore. But uh, running was fine and running was no worse afterwards. And so that was totally fine. Um, so yes, it's a bummer. My ankle is now sore <laughs> after dealing with all these other injuries. But yes, I... Um, following my own principles, running was fine. So I could return to run quite quickly. Um, so that was a little curveball. And then um, I think my, so hadn't returned to basketball yet because I took a week off 
we had a 10 p.m. game and I quickly opted out of that because I just didn't want to do that. So, had a two-week break. Um, and so, continuing with this hamstring stuff, my deadlifts were fine. My single-leg deadlifts were okay. Um, but I noticed my main issue or what really sparked my pain or created pain was what, what we call hip extension. Like if I was to stand and I was to just swing my leg backwards, um, that was what was really sparking up pain. It's pretty common for proximal hamstring tendinopathy. So the, the proximal hamstring tendon was irritated and stirred up quite a lot. And it, particularly if I applied resistance. So if I stood up, if I stood up, um, my back to the wall and I was to push my heel into the wall, that would really spike up pain. Um, whereas my deadlifts were, were okay. So this closed chain, eccentric, concentric kind of phase, um, my hamstring was responding pretty well to. But because the hip extension was a big cause of pain, I decided that this should be my focus of the rehab. This is like my weak link. This is the weak point that I should target rather than avoid. And this is a really key insight into my rehab because then I just started with open chain. I just started like lying on the floor and just lifting up the leg nice and controlled down and up after like a day or two that became a bit better. So I decided to do it in standing, do some standing, like to swing my leg back really slow and controlled, but my hamstring started responding okay to that. So then I put a TheraBand around my ankles and did the same thing with a little bit of resistance. And then that started getting a bit better. And then I was just working my way up through that progression um, and started feeling a lot better, started noticing a lot more improvement, still doing my deadlifts, still doing those nerve uh, tensioners, but incorporated this because it was so painful. I knew that that had to be a part of my program. So that was a a big insight that I had um, helped kick my improvement up another notch. And so, yep, my, the rest of my routine, um, continued and then got to the point where I was feeling really good. Um, I, I, I bet you guys know what's, what's coming up next. So I was feeling really good last Saturday. So we're talking about six days ago. Um, I decided to do a bit of a workout in my garage. I decided to get my trainer. Um, so just an indoor bike and do 10 minutes on the bike, get off, do eight squats, do eight deadlifts, get back on the bike. And for 10 minutes, I was going to repeat that for for four four cycles. So bike 10 minutes, squats, deadlifts, bike, squats, deadlifts, bike, and just repeat that. And it's feeling good on the bike. Then I got to my third set of my squats and my back pulled up like really sore. And I've hurt my back in the past so many times. I already I've heard it so many different times and so many different ways that I know that when it comes to a certain type of symptom, I know which pain it is or how it's going to be affected later on. And I've just got so much experience with low back pain. So that was a bummer. I I continued cycling, but stopped doing my third and fourth set of squats and deadlifts, just gave it a rest. And I was out of action. I was out of action for um, two or three days with this real... um, fatigue sore, stiff, low back. And yeah, that was a bummer. So um, life threw another curveball, another injury my way. I'm not sure why, um, but hey, continued to be proactive. Sunday, I rested. Monday, 
I was okay to do some upper body. So I did chin-ups, I did chest press, um, and I think I went for a jog, a walk jog. This time, my hamstring was totally fine, but my back was sore actually running. And so did two minutes, a two-minute run followed by a five-minute walk, and I did that for about 20 minutes. My back was no worse. Um, if anything, my back was probably feeling a little bit better in that extension in extension position with the running. And so, um, yeah, continued that. Then by Tuesday, I actually did like a 15-minute continuous run because my back was easing up. My back was feeling a lot better. And so that improved quite quickly, even though the first couple of days were really sore and hamstring was feeling fine. So then Tuesday rolled around to Wednesday. I went for another run and I ended up doing like four four rounds of 1k efforts or I think I cycled through so what I did was um, four k's I broke it into 1k have a rest 1k have a rest do that four times um, the first k would be a 530 pace second k would be 430 pace then 530 then 430 so like two um, faster efforts two recovery k's. Um, so that was fine. Everything pulled up. Okay. After that, my back hardly noticed my back during that. Um, and hamstring felt fine, which is great. And also did lunges later on that day. Um, this is getting a bit more specific now because it was only a couple of days ago. So I can remember what I did. Um, then it got to Thursday. So that was yesterday. I did a six K continuous run back. Totally fine. Hamstrings, like definitely no worse, probably a zero to one during the run, probably a one out of 10 after the run. And then this morning woke up totally fine. Still doing my nerve exercises, um, still doing my hip extension resisted stuff. I'd, I'll do that before a run every time I run now and do a little bit after my run just to load up that tendon in the direction where it's it has been particularly sore or my weak link. And today's a rest day, so my um, totally resting the legs today because I have recognized that I've, even though it's been like slow efforts for a lot of it, I've ran four days in a row, so definitely going to take a rest day. Um, and yeah, currently feeling quite good. My back is, uh, I wouldn't say normal, like um, this morning was a little bit stiff if I was to really bend forward, but a lot, uh, it's 95% better. Hamstrings are a lot better, but still, I'll still pay attention to them. Uh, I haven't also mentioned like outside of exercise and outside of running when the hamstring has been particularly sore, I've made a more conscious effort to stand throughout the day, do less sitting. If I am sitting, it's on a cushion um, and just modifying my day to help the hamstring tendon as well. Um, but I'd say my hamstring is probably 80% better. For running, it's totally fine. Like I could probably run 10Ks tomorrow and it'd be okay, but still haven't done much sprinting or now, like as of today, Melbourne's gone back into lockdown. So I'm not sure when basketball is going to restart again, but um, I'll continue moving forward and we'll, we'll see how we go. So a couple of lessons to take away from this episode today. Like we have number one, I'm okay with life throwing me curveballs. Like I don't get too down at myself. I think it's just like injuries are just a part of the game. It's a part of being a runner. It's a part of being like active and uh, it's really easy to get down on yourself, but it just serves no one. Being mad at yourself, being angry at yourself just serves no one. Um, you'd rather be proactive 
and say, okay, what can I do to move forward? How can I constantly stay active? Because no matter what injury I've had throughout this couple of weeks, I've always had something that I can do. I always can go for a, a bike ride or I can do an upper body workout or there's something that I can do to keep moving forward and keep proactive because that's going to help you mentally as well as physically in your recovery. Um, the other lesson that I kind of had in here was just noticing when I tried something, when I reintroduced something, I was just noticing improvements day by day and that gave me permission that what I was doing was working and progressed. And so that was with my walk runs, that was with my, say, lunges or squats or deadlifts or nerve exercises, like everything that I did, I woke up feeling better the next day and so continued progressing from there. Um, the fourth one that I have written down as a lesson, which was a key insight for me was just identifying the weakest link, the sorest link, the more aggravated movement and incorporated that into my rehab instead of ignoring it and just doing what was feeling good. And that was that hip extension during that, um, during those particular rehab exercises It actually like grip and tighten up and be really sore as soon as I would move my leg back and yeah, just thought this, that's what I need to add into my rehab. And the fifth one was like, I'm not going to be discouraged to return to basketball. I think I love playing basketball and I love hanging out with my mates and playing. And I've seen a lot of people um, try something, get injured a couple of times and then just say it's not for me and just quit and um, try something else. That's It's um, very disempowering. You're just removing a lot of things and taking power away from you. So I think a life lesson for me to include is, yes, I'm not going to, I am going to take basketball more cautiously and slowly build up, be more sensible moving forward because that's like one of the lessons that I'll learn. But as long as we're moving forward, um, I do think that in the next couple of weeks, I need to do a lot more speed work, need to mimic basketball intensity a lot more. And then when I return to playing, really take it easy, really take it gradually and just continue building up from there. So I have a plan moving forward, have a management plan. And what I'm doing currently as we speak at the time of recording, I'm feeling pretty good. But yeah, it's been a rough couple of weeks. So thought I'd share, thought I'd put in an episode. Hopefully these lessons, because I know there are some lessons in here that will apply to the majority of running related injuries in terms of how we approach it mentally and physically, how we try something, see if it works, see if it doesn't work, uh, implementing strength, implementing like walk runs, implementing cycling, like all this sort of thing uh, will apply to a lot of running related injuries and a lot of your rehab. So hopefully this has helped. Hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully you've, you've taken a, a few things away. I know a lot of people who have reached out to me are saying, yeah, this episode's really helped. This episode's really helped. So hopefully this is just another one of those. That's all from me today. Uh, you would probably, I'm, I'm guessing that the next week's episode or next episode to be released will be our Q&A episode. So look forward to bringing you that. And as I sign off, remember, every new insight brings you one step closer to your next running breakthrough. And that concludes another Run Smarter lesson. I hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a Run Smarter scholar. Because when I think of runners like you who are listening, I think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge, who don't just learn, but implement these lessons, who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again, who want to take an educated, active role in their rehab, 
who are looking for evidence-based long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes. And last but not least, who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it. I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run Smarter path. <laughs>